Good morning. I hope you're enjoying this rainy Sunday uh, morning. Hope you had a good week. Uh, I will be talking about the Seattle Excedrin Poisonings. Stella Ma Nickel, born August 7, 1943, is an American woman who was sent to 90 years of prison for product tapping that she poisoned Excedrin capsules with lethal cyanide, resulting in the deaths of her husband, Bruce Nickel, and Sue Snow. Her May 1980 conviction and prison sentence were the first under federal product tampering laws instituted after the 1982 Chicago Tylenol murders. Early life. Stella Nickel was born Stella Maudine Stevenson in Colton, Oregon to Alva Georgia Joe Nee Duncan. Later changed her name to Cora Lee and George Stevenson and grew up poor. By age 16, Nickel was pregnant with her daughter Cynthia Hamilton. Nickel then moved to Southern California, married, and had another daughter. She began to have various legal troubles, including eviction for fraud in 1968, a charge follow following year of beating Hamilton with a curtain rod, and a conviction for forgery in 1971. Nickel served six months in jail for the fraud charge and was ordered into counseling after the abuse charge. Nickel met Bruce Nickel in 1974. Bruce was a heavy equipment operator with a drinking habit which suited her lifestyle and the two were married in 1976. In the course of a 10-year marriage, he entered rehab and gave up drinking, which Nickel reportedly resented. When her bar visits were curtailed by Bruce's sobriety, Nickel began requesting evening shifts at her security screener job at, T at Seattle Tacoma International Airport and cultivated a home occurring as a new hobby. Death. On June 5, 1986, the couple was living in Auburn, Washington, when Bruce, 52, came home from work with a headache. According to Nickel, Bruce took four extra strict etc. capsules from a bottle in their home for his headache and collapsed minutes later. He died shortly thereafter at Harborville Medical Center, where treatment had failed to revive him. His death was initially ruled to be by natural causes, with attending physicians citing emphysema. A second death, less than a week later, forced authorities to reconsider the cause of Bruce's death. On June 11th, Sue Snow, a 40-year-old Auburn bank manager, took two accessory capsules for an early morning headache. Snow's hus husband, Paul Webb King, took two capsules for the same bottle for his arthritis and left the house for work. At 6.30 a.m., the Snow's 15-year-old daughter found Snow collapsed on the floor of her bathroom, unresponsive, and with a faint pulse. Paramedics recalled that the and transported to Snow to Harborville Medical Center, but she died later that day without gaining consciousness. Investigation. Initial investigation. During an autopsy on Snow, Assistant Medical Examiner Janet Miller detected the scene of bitter almonds and odor distinct to cyanide. Tests verified that Snow had died of acute cyanide poisoning. Investigators examined the contents of the Snow Webb King household and discovered the source of the cyanide. A bottle of the capsules that both Snow and Webkin had used the morning of Snow's death. Three capsules of one of those that remained in the 60-capsule bottle were found to be laced with cyanide in toxic quantities. A murder by cyanide was sensational news in Washington when another tainted bottle from the same lot was found in the grocery store in nearby Kent. The manufacturer's exception Bristol Myers responded to the discovery with a heavily publicized recall of all exception products in the Seattle area and a group of drug companies came together to offer a $300,000 reward for the capture of the person responsible. In response to the publicity, Nickel came forward on June 19th. She told police that her husband recently died suddenly after taking pills from a 40-capsule bottle of Excedrin with the same lot number as the one that had killed Snow. Tests by the FDA confirmed the presence of cyanide in her husband's remains 
and in two Sergeant Bottle Nickel had turned over to the police. Initial suspicions were directed at Bristol Mars. Both Webb King and Nickel filed wrongful death suits against the company, and the FDA inspected the Morrisville, North Carolina plant where the tainted lot had been packaged. They found no trace of cyanide to explain its presence in the Washington models. On June 18, Bristol Mars recalled all oxygen capsules in the U.S., pulling them from the store shelves and warning consumers to not use any they may already have bought. Two days later, the company announced a recall of all their non-prescription capsule products. On June 24, the cyanide-contaminated bottle of Anison 30 was found at the same store where Snow had bought her contaminated Excedrin. On June 27, Washington State put into effect a 90-day ban on the sale of non-prescription medication in capsules. Examination of the contaminated bundles by the FBI Crime Lab found that, in addition to containing cyanide powder, the poison capsules also contained flecks of an unknown green substance. For the test showed that the substance was an algicide used in home aquariums sold under the brand name Algae Destroyer. Focusing the investigation, with contamination and excedrin as a source having been ruled out, investors began to focus their investigation on the end users of the product. The FBI began an investigation into possible product tampering having been the source of the poison. <coughs> At the time, Excedrin was packed in plastic bottles with the mouth of the bottle sealed with foil and the lid secured to the bottle with foil wrap. Both Webb Kim and Nickel were asked to take polygraph examinations. Mike Kim did so, but Nickel, who had started drinking heavily, declined. A lawyer representing Nickel, representing Nickel told Recover that she was too shaken up to be subjected to the examination. Investors suspicion began to turn to Nickel when they discovered that she claimed that the two contaminated extension bottles that she had turned over to the police had been purchased at different times and different locations. A total of five bottles have been found to be contaminated in the entire country and it was regarded as suspicious that Nickel would have happened to have acquired them, two of them purely by chance. With investigative focus turned to Nickel, detectives uncovered more circumstances pointing to her as a culprit. Nickel had taken out a total of about 76000 insurance coverage on her husband's life with just a payout of 100000 if his death was accidental. She was also known to have, even before Snow's death, appealed to disputed doctors ruling that her husband had died of natural causes. Further FBI investigation shows that Bruce's reported signatures on at least two of the insurance policies in his name have been forged. Investigators were also able to verify that Nickel had purchased algae store from a local fish store. It was speculated that the algae side had become mixed with the cyanide when Nickel used the same container to crush both substances without washing it in between uses. Nickel finally consented to a polygraph examination in November 1986. She failed and investigators narrowed their focus to her even further. Concrete evidence proving that Nickel had ever purchased or used cyanide was lacking, and despite the relative certainty that Nickel had orchestrated the poisonings as either an elaborate cover-up or for an insurance-motivated murder of her husband or as a desperate attempt to force her husband's death to be ruled an accident to increase her insurance payout, they were unable to build a strong case supporting arrest. Breaking the case In January 1987, Hamilton now grown approached police with information but her mother Nicole had spoken to her repeatedly about wanting Bruce dead, having grown bored with him after he quit drinking. Nicole Hamlin claimed even had even told her that she had uh, tried to poison Bruce previously with false love hidden in the capsules. When that failed, she had begun library research into other methods and hit upon cyanide. 
Hamilton also claimed that Nicola had spoken to her about the two of them could do with their insurance money if Bruce was dead. Records from the Auburn Public Library when subpoenas showed that Nicola had checked out numerous books about poisons, including human poisonings from native and cultivated plants and deadly harvests. The former was marked as an overdue in library records indicating that Nickel had borrowed but never returned it. The FBI identified Nickel's fingerprints on the cyanide-related pages of a number of the works she had checked out during this period. By the summer of 1987, even Nickel's attorneys acknowledged that she was the prime suspect in the case. Arrest and Trial On December 9, 1987, Nickel was indicted by a federal grand jury on five counts of product tampering, including two which resulted in the deaths of Bruce and Snow and arrested the same day. She went on trial in April 1988 and was found guilty of all charges on, on May 9th after five days of jury deliberation. Nichols' legal team sought a mistrial on grounds of jury tampering and judicial misconduct when the jurors had been a plaintiff in a case involving a pill baked into Pepperidge Farm goldfish crackers while it was deemed to be a manufacturing error. The defense thought it that it involved product tampering and therefore should have been disclosed during jury selection. However, the motion was denied. Nichols sentenced to two terms of 90 years in prison for the deaths of Bruce and Snow and three 10-year terms for the other product tampering charges. All sentences were to run concurrently and the judge ordered Nichols to pay a small fine and forfeit. Come on, you fucker. Her remaining assets to the families of her victims. Nickel came el- became eligible for parole in 2018 when she was 75 years old. As of April 2019, Nichols housed at female-only low-security minimum security for the Correction Institution in Dublin, California, just east of San Francisco. Her release date is given as July 10, 2040. No parole hearing dates are provided. Appeals and subsequent positions. Nickel continued to maintain her innocence after her trial, an appeal based on jury tamping and judicial Misconduct issues were rejected by the United States Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit in August 1989. A second appeal beginning in 2001 was filed by Nichols' new attorney, Carl Park Colbert, based on evidence obtained by private detectives Al Farr and Paul Ciolino, requesting a new trial on the basis of new evidence having been discovered that the FBI may have withheld documents from the defense. The appeal was denied, though Nickel and her team continue to assert her innocence. Nickel claimed that her daughter Hamilton lied about her involvement in the case in order to reap the $300,000 of reward money being offered. Hamilton eventually collected $250,000 of that money. Nickel also alleges, among other things, that the evidence, po- among other things that she, the evidence actually points to another person as the killer, and that the testimony about various smaller details in the case, such as the store owner who testified about her having purchased algae syrup, was influenced by promises of payment. FDA regulations. After the 1980 Chicago Tylenol murders, new FDA regulations went into effect, which made it a federal rather than just a state or local crime to tamper with consumer products. Local and state authorities are not, however, prevented from also filing charges in such cases. Under this law, Nichols' crime was prosecutable as a federal product tampering case as well as a state murder case, and she was not convicted of murder but of product tampering that caused the death. The possibility of state charges for the actual murders of Bruce and Snow continues to exist. In the media, Seattle author Greg also wrote about the Nichols case in his 1993 book Bitter Almonds, The True Story of Mothers, Daughters, and the Seattle Cyanide Murders. The case was also featured on 
episodes of Autopsy, Forensic Files, New Detectives, Mysteries at the Museum, and Snapped. As well as two episodes of Deadly Women, Nichols Murders are also counted, discussed in the Jodie Picoult novel House Rose, published in 2010. It was also featured in episode 93 of Case for True Crime Podcast in August 2018. That case was referenced in an episode in plain sight called Kill Pill, which aired November 23, 2018 on the Investigation Discovery Channel. A 2000 made-for-TV Who Killed Sue Snow was to be made about the nickel case to air on USA Network, but it was canceled shortly before product be- production began. One factor was strong objections from advertisers, including Johnson & Johnson, owner of Tylenol, Brand of Pangler, which had been affected by the 1982 Chicago hits. Addition Network executives feared the film would feared the film would inspire copycat crimes. The film was to have been directed by Jeff Reiner, starring Katie Segal as Nickel. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for more true crime stories. Hope you have a good week. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Wear a mask. Practice social distancing during this coronavirus pandemic. Thank you and have a good week.